Earlier, our Lent season service will begin at 7.30 here uh, on Ash Wednesday, which is obviously on a Wednesday, and it is uh, February 23rd. Now, for those of you who want to, we'll get the sound uh, set. That was my bad because I didn't show up for sound check, so that's on me. Um, but we are going to, uh, those of you who may want to receive Ashes on Ash Wednesday, really excited about how we're doing this, and that is uh, from quarter of seven on the 23rd to quarter past seven. So, uh, hmm? Twenty-third. Is it the twenty-third? Twenty-second. Okay, whatever that Wednesday is. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, at quarter of seven, six forty-five to seven fifteen, uh, Central Square Church, which is right up the street here on Five Magazine Street, they will be uh, giving ashes to those who want to receive ashes on Ash Wednesday. But for many, that's a tradition. And then uh, uh, they're going to come down here at 7.30 for the Lent season service. And Lent season is basically uh, from Ash Wednesday to uh, Easter, in which we celebrate Jesus' journey to the cross and, into, and also to the resurrection. Amen. Amen. Uh, also... And this is very important, particularly for this group of people, and that is PT South, this church, will be closed during the month of March. Okay, tell the person next to you, in March it's closed. Okay, okay. Uh, we have uh, promised to our congregation, for those of you who are new, we are, um, we are cleaning up the basement of the church. There's to make it more safer, there's asbestos down there, etc. Um, that's below the fellowship hall, and we are bringing in a company to 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 um, remove all of those things that would hinder us from uh, using that space. And so, for the month of March, we'll be closed and. This service will move to PT North, which is at 77 Columbia Street. So it's the same time. We'll just be at PT North for the month of March, and uh, then we'll be back here for Palm Sunday. Praise the name of the Lord. How many of you enjoyed that song that we just sang? Glory, hallelujah, amen. I say that because some of you may not know this, and I know he's too humble to say it, but. Uh, that song was written by Brother Tommy, who led worship. And, so the song is Glory Hallelujah. All you have to do is go to Spotify or Apple and type in Glory Hallelujah. And make sure you add Tommy to that, and that way it'll come to that. Also, uh, last year, that song was actually recorded and, um, and videotaped here at Pentecostal Tabernacle. And so it is on YouTube last year, and it already has 26,000 hits. 
you, so God is good. That, that talent is coming out of this house. Amen. Well, Proverbs chapter 3. Many of us know Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not to your own understanding, and all your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. But I want to talk to you more on the context of that, because sometimes we just read 5 and 6, but we don't read the verses before it. And I'm really hoping that this will be a blessing to you. I really believe that this is something that will help you for the rest of your life. It's something that I, I got parts of it, but it's something that I wish I received earlier in my walk with God. And I think it's going to bless you and also save you from a lot of trouble. Amen. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 1 to 7. This is the New Living Translation. My child, or my son and daughter, never forget the things that I've taught you. Store my commandments in your heart. Say the word heart. Verse 2. If you do this, you will live many years and your life will be satisfying. That's what I want, a satisfying life. Never let loyalty or kindness leave you. Tie loyalty and kindness around your neck as a reminder. Write them deep within your heart. Say your heart again. Amen. Then you will find favor with both God and people. Isn't it interesting? If you're kind in your heart, you'll find favor with God and people, and you will earn or win a good reputation. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Say your heart. Amen. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek God's will in all that you do, or in all your ways, acknowledge him, and God will show you which path to take. Don't be impressed with your own wisdom. Instead, fear, that is, respect the Lord and turn away from evil. I, I want to speak to you on the subject, uh, I Need Answers, part two. I Need Answers, part two. This is part of a four-part series, so you, if you have friends, you may want to bring them here or have them uh, see this message because I really believe it's going to help us make good decisions. Good decisions are God decisions. Are you following me so far? And so we're going to talk about this. This month, our Bible class, The Well, which starts, which is uh, on Tuesday evening, at 7 p.m., it's on Zoom, so you can tune in. Our Bible class, and also next Sunday, uh, our women elders are going to be leading uh, a, a, a discussion on uh, the joys of being single. Amen. 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 Listen to me. You say, oh, what do you mean by that? You can't be a joyful married person if you're not a joyful single person. If you are miserable by yourself, you will make your marriage exponentially more miserable. Amen. I, I, I'm trying to help you. I don't want you to get on the other side, man, I should have listened. You must be content 
and happy with yourself. And that happiness must come from Jesus. So they'll be talking about that. Because see, let me say this. Because uh, I shared last Sunday, and those of you who didn't see it, uh, you may want to look at it, look at that sermon again. Because uh, uh, part one is about you'll get answers. One of the way, one of the main ways you get answers is through prayer and fasting. Isaiah chapter 58, read it for yourself. Fasting brings directions. Fasting, fasting brings uh, answers, and fasting brings clarity. And I shared with you last week that uh, because of my fasting, God gave me the answer of who my wife was going to be with Carmen Elaine Selman. And then he gave me directions on how to maneuver, especially when her father did not want us uh, he didn't even want me dating her, and by the grace of God, he gave direction to the point that uh, eventually, not only did he say yes, but he even gave us money for the wedding. And so, and then we got clarity later, 15 years later, when I realized that God created Carmen just for me because my wife was quote-unquote an oops. Uh, they had four boys and four girls, and all of a sudden, and, my, and, my, and the funny thing is, is that my mother-in-law told me this years later, and I said, wow, God, you created a wife, you created an Eve just for me. Yes. Amen. And I got good news for you. God has a custom-made person just for you. Yes. Amen. Amen. <laughs> but you've got to be satisfied... I don't know who I'm talking to, but you got to be satisfied in who you are. Too many of you have destination disease. It's a term that I learned from John Maxwell. He's a leadership guru, Dr. John Maxwell. Destination disease. What does destination disease mean? Destination disease sounds like this. Man, when I get into high school, then I'm going to be happy. Man, when I get into college, then I'm going to be happy. Man, when I get the right job, then I'm going to be happy. Oh, man, when I get the right girlfriend or boyfriend, then I'm going to be happy. It's destination disease. It's always when I get, then I will be. But you need to understand that if you're not joyful in the Lord and who you are right now, you will never have joy. And all you will do is bake someone miserable along with yourself. Tell your neighbor, I hope he's not talking about you. <laughs> there are two kind of people. People who come in the room and everybody goes, yay! And there's the other person who comes in the room and they go, uh-oh. It's quiet in here, but I'm talking to you. Because it's very important that you must be content. I don't know who I'm talking to. But it got to a point where I, I had waited two and a half years for Carmen to swing around to start liking me. The beauty, that those two years were the most miserable, horrible, 
blessed times of my life. Why you say that, Bishop? Because when I got to a place and said to the Lord, I am so satisfied with you that if this was all a joke, I'm cool. Just me and you. And that's what he said, oh, oh, no, 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 no. Now you're ready. Now you're ready. Because God, I don't know who I'm talking. This isn't in my notes. Because God does not want you to turn your marriage into an idol. Now you got Mr. Wright or Mrs. Wright, and now you are faithful coming to church, and now we can't find you. You used to be, you used to be one of the volunteers that, that, that the church could depend upon, and now we can't find you. Elder Roy, I don't know who I'm talking to. Here's an indicator of where your relationship is. The person you're with is either drawing you closer to God or drawing you away from God. And don't act like you took dumb-dumb pills. Well, I don't know. No, no, you know. You're not praying like you used to pray. You're not seeking God like you used to seek the God. And you're doing a whole lot of things that you never did before. Mm. I am preaching better than you're responding. But I'm trying to help you. So come to these Bible classes and come to these sessions as Auburn so that you can know how to navigate the perfect will of God. I keep saying it over and over again. I don't care if you I don't care if you like it or not, because I've I've already seen so many other people who did not make Praise God, Lady Carmen and I said, well, this is our 40th year of marriage, and I, and, 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 and there are people who haven't even made it to four years. And, and, and this is not survival. We are happy. We are happy. We laugh together. We have a great time together, and we go through stuff together. But the but the operative word is together, for better or for worse. Mm. We were driving Lady Carmen's car, and all of a sudden there was these lights that went off on the dashboard. And the dashboard said, your four-wheel drive is no longer working and only the two-wheel drive is now working. And then it said, go to the dealership immediately to get repaired. So we did that and found out that, I don't know much about cars, but I just know that something was leaking. They fixed the leak and the four-wheel drive went back into um, operating properly. But my point is, is that we got an indicator that something was wrong with the car. Some of you, you have you know, the fancy cars 
well, again, my, like my wife's car, they'll tell you how much air is in your tires. And those are all indicators. And I want to talk to you about 10 indicators that will help you get direction from God. 10 indicators so that when you're trying to get a sense, God, what are you saying? What, what, which way should I go? I'm going to show you the, the indicators that you can look at that will help you make a decision in the things of God so that you don't make a wrong move or just as bad, you don't break down on the way to your destiny. So let's talk about these things. And again, this key verse is, in all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. I'm glad that it's quiet here, that means you're listening. So I'm gonna use an automobile as an illustration after every point. I'm gonna give, give four points today, three points next Sunday, and three points, uh, the final three points, the last Sunday in February. Again, one of the quickest ways to accelerate the direction of God is fasting. And, and we fast in this church Tuesday for the church and Thursdays for our children. And, that we're, and, and it says, when you fast, one of the rewards of fasting in Isaiah 58, verse 8, that then your light shall shine forth as the morning. In other words, God will give you clarity. God will give you direction. It says you will call and he will answer. You want to accelerate your, your walk with God and your and, and direction of God fast. Fasting is the discipline. It, it, is, it is a spiritual discipline, just like reading the word, just like prayer. Fasting is a discipline. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, verse 17, when you fast, not if you fast. It is very important that you uh, 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 work into your, your walk with God, the discipline of fasting. As I said uh, last week, once Lady Carmen and I started like, being with each other, the first thing we did was establish a day of prayer and fasting, which we have kept to this day. So I want to encourage you, if you're starting out a relationship and, and, you, and you think this is the person, even if you don't think this is the person, maybe that's when you should fast so you can get clarity. <laughs> Like, uh-oh. <laughs> well, that was interesting. I said, uh-oh, and that lights went on. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I want to encourage you. Uh, there's, there's two books on dis spiritual disciplines that I'll recommend. One is Spiritual Disciplines by Adele Calhoun. It talks about 64 uh, disciplines that, that um, will help your spiritual life. And then a classic, Richard, which was written by Richard Foster called The Celebration of Disciplines, and each book has fasting as a discipline, and it'll really help your life. So, what's the first thing you want to do when you get, want to get direction from God? And they're all P's to help you understand. First of, thing, first of all, you must establish the discipline of praise. The Bible says in Psalm 100, verse 4, enter his gates with thanksgiving, enter his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name, for the Lord is good. 
The reason why we praise God is because of the fact that God inhabits the praises of people. Now, this is what I want you to understand. God is worthy to be praised, okay? We don't praise God because we feel good. We don't even praise God because we like him. We praise God because God is deserving of praise. God, see, uh, God says everything that has breath must praise him. He didn't say everything that's, that's a Christian or a believer or Jesus. Everybody must praise the Lord. Even the rocks must praise the Lord. Why? Because of his marvelous works. You praise God because of what he has done. Are you following me? You, you praise him. And why do I say that? Because the devil will make you think that, well, because you don't feel like praising the Lord, that, that your praise is worthless. I've had that, you know, I'm worshiping, I'm in a service, I don't even feel like being at church. Have you ever been in a church service that you didn't feel like being in? hope it's not this one, but have you ever been in a service, you don't feel like being, and the, and the worship leader says, raise your hands, and you're like, okay, hey, hallelujah, hallelujah, and in your mind, you're saying, I'm tired of saying hallelujah. Will you stop so I can sit down? And the devil will make you say, see, look at your attitude, look at your attitude, God's not accepting that praise, that's a lie. God accepts praise because he's worthy of it. Amen. Let me give you a good example. Uh, many of you heard, and, and I'm, this, this is just a basketball analogy. Uh, don't, don't take it any further other than what it is. But I am not a fan. Uh, Kyrie Irving just got traded, and, and I'm not a fan of Kyrie Irving. Okay, because of, of some of the things, his, his behavior, his attitude, etc. And so he got traded to Dallas, and I'm looking like, okay, let's see what this guy does. And he made this move that I had to say, wow, that was nice. What am I saying? I don't even like him, but he did something that was worthy of praise. God woke you up this morning. You are breathing. You have legs to walk. You ought to praise him. Why wait till you lose what you once had to praise him? You opened a refrigerator door. And there was a variety of food in there. In fact, some of you even had spoiled food in there. The fact that you can allow food to spoil means that you're blessed with too much food. You ought to praise him. Some of you, you open your closet door. You have enough footwear to provide footwear for every member of the Kansas City Chiefs and the Eagles and still have shoes left over. You have shoes in your house, amen, that you, don't, you haven't worn in years. Can I get a witness out there? You, you, my point is, is that you ought to Praise God. 
for his goodness. And when we praise him, he shows up. And it says, enter his gates with thanksgiving. The word thanksgiving is the Hebrew word todah. And it means to lift your hands. And I really believe that God sometimes wants us not to just praise him like this, but to, to raise our hands to him. Because the Torah, there are four reasons why we raise our hands. Number one, we, we raise our hands as an indication. This is what I love. Many times, uh, uh, how many of you have uh, godchildren or nieces or nephews or, or no, just children in your life, maybe little brothers and little sisters, and a child will run to you, mommy, daddy, and they'll run like this, and you see them, and you pick them up because they lifted their hands to you. And I believe God, when we lift our hands to the Father, he, it, it, it's an expression that says, not only do I love you, but I need you. And when you lift up a child, I've never seen a person lift up a child like this. No, this is as far as you're going. No, you lift up the child so that they can see your face. Not only can they see your face, but they can see things from your point of view. When we go to the Father and lift up our hands, he lifts us up, and all of a sudden we say, oh, you got everything under control. Oh, I, I see where you're taking me. I see that this is working out for my good. And so that when you get back down, you don't forget, you don't unsee what you saw. Then there is the wave offering, meaning that God, Everything I have comes from you, but you allow me to have it. You've given me this house. Thank you. You've given me this child, these children. Everything I have, it is a reminder. I'm, I wave it up to you, and you give it back to me. This is a wave offering. And then there's, a, there's, then there's also <laughs> the, the more painful wave, which is stick them up, which is I surrender. What happens is that when you surrender, they start to frisk you, and they start taking things away from you. And sometimes as we lift up our hands to God and thank him, he starts removing things out of our lives. He's, he's removing people. He's removing idols. I know the police is not, pop, uh, 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 is, is not popular with many of you, but I like this analogy, analogy where, where God says they, they, they frisk you and they remove things that you are carrying that may interrupt them taking you to where you need to go. Now, what am I saying? That's a negative thing, but the positive thing is, is that God has taken us on a journey 
to his will. And he is removing things out of our lives that will endanger the destination where he wants to take us. Can I, I'll use an example for myself. I remember there was a season in my life, it was about a year or two, literally a year or two, where every line I got into was the slow line. Every line. Are you like me where you kind of, you're going to the, the checkout line with your food and you're looking for the shortest line? I would see a line with about three people and I would see a line with one person. And I'm like, yeah. And I'm looking at it, I'm looking at all the other people like, see, I found a short line, okay? Pride, I found a short line. And as I'm on a short line, all of a sudden, and the person's, oh, I don't, I don't have enough money. And I'm like, are you kidding me? So now they have to reverse the whole thing. And, and, and what God was saying to me was, I am going to work impatience out of you. The Bible says, let patience have its perfect work in you that you may be perfect and complete, wanting nothing. I know you're praising God. I know you praise God for the green lights, but maybe you need to praise God for the red lights. Because many of us are in too much of a hurry to get nowhere. And what's dangerous is that you could get someplace before God opens the door. We must learn. People are like, I want to know the will of God. The will of God is for you to give thanks in everything. And that sometimes can be hard. Let me talk about myself. Tell, him, tell your neighbor he's talking about himself. I went to Chicago, and I was in Chicago, I was flying on the way back, stopped in Detroit, and um, it's a, I have a three-hour layover. And so I'm laying over. So well, I have all this time. I went into a nice restaurant, had a meal, came back out. It is now an hour before my flight. So let me look at the board to make sure that I go to the correct date, date, gate, gate. And my flight disappeared. And I was like, what, what in the world is this? And my flight disappeared, but it showed it three hours later. So I said to myself, oh, man, they canceled my flight. Oh no, they postponed my flight, and I was upset. So I'm waiting another three hours. And around 7.30, my phone says, congratulations, you arrived in Boston earlier than expected. I said, no, 
I'm still in Detroit. There's something wrong, and, and I'm waiting. If you, if you ever get your ticket, you're, you're waiting for it to update, say, hey, this flight, it didn't do all that. So now I walk to the desk of this three hour later than the flight flight, and I said, um, I think, I thought, I, thought, I thought my flight got canceled. And the person said, no, that flight didn't get canceled. Your flight, you missed your flight. And I said, what? And I said, there's no way I missed the flight. You know, have you ever been so, have you ever been angry to the point that you think the whole world is wrong but you? And thank God the Holy Spirit grabbed me like, Brian, everybody else made that flight but you. So I, I, I was so angry, but I really had to calm myself down because I couldn't figure out how did I miss this? There's no way I could have missed this flight. This is crazy. Then they said, well, now you have to, now you have to go somewhere else to see if you can get booked on the flight that you thought was your flight. And I heard the Lord say, you're preaching on Thanksgiving, thank me. Can I be honest with you? I was like, I don't want to thank you. This is for a nice sermon, not for real life. I am angry. Real talk? Real talk. And so I'm walking to the place, and I'm like, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And, I, and, I, and once I started thanking the Lord, the Lord said to me, you ought to thank me that there's another flight to Boston. That's why I said, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I said, Lord, how, why was I like, and you know what happened to me? First time it ever happened to me. If you've ever flown into another time zone, your phone usually changes. My phone didn't change. It stayed on the hour behind which is why I missed my flight. But I believe the Lord, this never happened to me, but I believe the Lord was saying, you're preaching this nice sermon on saying thanks. Let's, 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 let's give you a real test. And you're going to leave here, glory, hallelujah, glory. And, and, and once you hit outdoors, what if you get hit with something? Will you be able to say thank you, Jesus, or hallelujah anyhow? Oh, it's quiet in this church. Let me keep going. So, before you can even get into where God wants to take you, you got to at least get into the car. So, I showed you this before. This is the doorknob to a Tesla. Some of you are like, I claim that in the name of Jesus. Uh, I, I didn't even know how to get in it. I was like, how, how, and the person said, you got to push the knob and it'll come out. And what am I saying? I'm saying that God wants us to push. In other words, praise him until something happens. 
praise him until something happens. 30, no, 20 seconds. I want you to give God praise right now. I want you to just thank him. Online, I want you to thank him. I want you to thank you, Jesus. When I think of the goodness of Jesus and all he has done for me, my soul cries out, hallelujah. Praise God for saving me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And if you praise him and thank him, what happens is that it, it changes your posture. What's the posture? Your heart. I need my heart to be positioned right. I need my heart to be humble. Luke chapter 11, verse 2, the disciples humbly came to Jesus and said, Lord, teach us to pray. Proverbs 4, verse 23 says, uh, uh, guard your heart, guard your attitude with all diligence because out of your attitude flows the issues of your life. Your issues come from your attitude. First uh, uh, Samuel chapter 16, verse 7, God says to Samuel, don't look at the outside. Man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at your heart. God looks at your heart. God looks at your heart. Stop trying to protect your image. Look at your heart. God, give, David, David said in Psalm 51 verse, uh, Psalm 51 around, well, read the whole thing. He says, create in me a clean heart. Renew in me a right spirit. I want to have a pure heart before God. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, blessed are the pure in heart because they shall see God. Maybe the reason why you're not seeing God is because your heart's not pure. Keep your heart pure. Keep your heart pure. And so what I want to do, I, I want to have the right posture of my heart. And so what's the next thing you do? Once you get in the car, then you sit in the seat. i never seen anybody get in the car and stand in the car try to drive. You sit in the seat. If you read in the dictionary, the word heart means uh, it is the seat of your emotions. It is the seat of your emotions. It is the seat of your the proper heart posture will be a blessing to you. Let me keep going. The next thing I want to do is precepts. 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 Psalms 119 verse 100. Are you with me so far? Psalm 119 verse 100 says this. I, I have more understanding than my elders and my teachers. Why? Because I, 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 I believe and I live in your precepts. Uh, Psalm 100 verse 4 says, I gain understanding because of your precepts. What are the precepts? Let me the word of God. We must memorize, meditate, and hold to the highest esteem the word of God. Some of us, we go from church service to church. Some of us are conference junkies and prophetic junkies, and I need a word from the Lord. This is the highest form of prophecy. Amen. The word of God, the precepts of God. The word precepts, uh, it, is, it, is a, uh, it is a Latin word that simply means rule of conduct. Rule of conduct. This is how I conduct my life. I conduct my life by not allowing evil, converse, evil communication come out of my mouth. In other words, the, if you come into the greenhouse household, there's no swearing in our house. Oh. And it, uh, my rule of life is that I'm faithful to my wife. My rule of life is that I, I, that I believe in being honest. Let me share another story with you. It happened to me this week. Uh, I was in a very historical moment. And 
This has been going on for a while, and I'm at this historical moment. And the person who was speaking, who's, gonna, who's going to have this moment recorded for history, and he make and he says, my attitude and my decision change when Bishop Brian Green said, boop, 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 boop. And I'm sitting there, and of course people are clapping, and I'm sitting there and I'm saying, I don't remember saying that. And so I said, okay, I don't, I don't remember saying that, but praise the Lord, maybe I said something that was amazing and I didn't even know that I said it. And then he says it again, and then he says, and Bishop Brian Green was sitting right there when he said it, and I said, oh, I know I didn't say that. He got me and another bishop mixed up. And, uh, and I, heard, I heard the Lord say, are you going to correct that? Or are you just going to say, well, you know, you already said it. And praise God, and it, and it, and it bothered me because I said, I, I know that wasn't me, and I think it was another. So I ended up emailing the person and said, you know, uh, I just want to let you know that the comment you made, uh, that was not me, that was another bishop. Now here's a good thing. The bishop who was there actually said, he was the one, he, I didn't know that he said to the person, I'm the one who said that, not Bishop Green. And what's my point? My point is, is that, that, that God was testing me. Because sometimes, do you, want, do you want prestige and accolades at the expense of character? And God is going to test you sometimes in areas that you're going to have to, you know, when, when you get too much change back. Do you say, well, praise the Lord. Or do you give it back? Because God is looking at us in the secret places. And we must allow the word to guide us in all that we do. My final thing is, of course, is prayer. 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 In all your ways, acknowledge God. I don't think this, this I have not been in a season in my life where I'm not saying, God, show me what to do. God, I don't know what to do. God, give me direction. And one of the greatest things that we need to understand, are you with me, folks? Are you with me? Is that, and I want you to stand up. I'm, I'm finished here. I can stand up. This is the most, this is not the most important one, but this is the one that I think messes many of us up. Are you with me? I got saved at the age of 10. I've been a believer, been walking with the Lord for 54 years. 
I've seen the best people, the most experienced prayers in my life come out of our church. I know what prayer looks like. I know how to say good prayers. But lately, the Lord's been really dealing with me about my prayer life. Are you, are you living with me? This is very important. And he said this to me. He said, Brian, for your prayer life to be effective, you have to take to heart Romans chapter 8, verse 26 to 28. What does that verse say? Paul says, God will help us in our weakness. Well, what's my weakness, Lord? Is it not having premarital sex? Is it not succumbing to the pressures of this world? No, 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 no. Your main weakness is that you don't know how to pray as you ought. I'm a minister. I've studied prayer. No, 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 no. You don't know how to pray as you ought. But the Holy Spirit wants to pray through you. And God who searches the heart knows what's in the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit prays to God in accordance to God's will. Are you with me? Then the next verse is, because we're praying according to God's will, because the Holy Spirit is praying the right prayer, the next verse says, and we know all things work together for good. So now I start out my prayers with the prayer of Jehoshaphat in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 12. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to pray for. God, I, know, I no longer want to pray by observation. Oh, Brother Paul is sick. Let me pray for him. Maybe I should, maybe I should pause and say, Holy Spirit, how should I pray for Brother Paul? Maybe when someone comes up to me and says, I need prayer because, you know, I'm up to have an operation in my hand. Well, before I jump into what they ask me to pray for, maybe I should pause and say, Holy Spirit, how should I proceed? We talked about Praise being the door. We talked about hot posture being the car seat. 
I didn't share this with you, but the word of God is what I would call the ignition. You, you, you can't even get to, you can't even start the engine without the word of God. Heaven and earth will pass away. Not my, not one drop, one cross of the T, dot of the I will pass away. And you may say, well, Bishop, what is prayer? Prayer is the steering wheel. Prayer is the steering wheel. So God, we thank you for your presence. And what I want you to do, just before we're closing, literally, this is the last point. Could you once again just lift up your hands and thank God, but also pray this prayer to him, Lord, teach me to pray. Just, just, come on, teach me to pray. Just, like, like, like. Let, let it be the cry of God. Just for the next 15 seconds, on those of you online, Lord, teach me to pray. I, I don't know how to pray. I don't know how to pray as I ought to. I don't know how to pray for my unsaved friend. I don't know how to pray for a girlfriend or a spouse. I don't even know how to pray for this test that I'm having. I don't know how to pray when it comes to raising my children. I, I don't know how to pray for my marriage. I don't know how to pray what's going on in my job. I don't know how to pray, so I'm, I'm lifting up my hands to you, Lord Jesus. Come on, folks, let, let, let God hear your voice. Let him hear your voice. I, I need you, God. I, I don't even know how to pray for my own mind, Lord, the, the discouragement and the depression. I don't even know why I'm depressed. I don't even know why I'm not even happy. I don't even know why I'm angry. I, I don't even know why I don't want to come to church anymore. I, I don't, I, I can, I can observe things, but really deep in my heart, I don't know. I don't know what school you want me to go to. I don't know what job you want me to take. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what internship I should go with. One looks, they both look good. One pays more, but I don't know, Lord, so I come to you. I need you, Jesus. I don't know if I should stay in this relationship, Lord. I need your direction. Just because it's going bad doesn't mean it's not you, Lord. I don't know. But you're going to guide me. Thank you, Jesus. Help me to enter your presence with praise and thanksgiving. Help me to keep my heart humble because you give favor and grace to the humble. Help me to stay in your word, to read your word, to eat your word, to feed on your word, to feed on the precepts, the code of conduct, the way you want me to conduct myself. And help me to pray. Teach me to pray, Holy Spirit. Teach me to pray. Teach me to pray. Mm. Hallelujah, Jesus. Teach me to pray. Teach me to pray. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Mm. 
Scripture says, and I'm going to end with this for sure. The scripture says, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercy of God, Romans chapter 12, verse 1, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable act of worship. You just hear the Holy Spirit saying that. There might be some of you who are saying, God, I, I really want your direction for my life this year. And, and, and you really felt like God, it's almost like you were the only one in this room and God was speaking to you. And so if that's you, I want to end with you coming to the, what we call the altar. As like the praise team, they say, this is not the stage, this is the altar. And I, I've never seen this before in the scripture where it says, present your body. The Lord said to me one time, he said, Brian, that's what I want you to do. I want you to make your body a present to me. P present your body. And and if you feel like the Lord is speaking to you, I want you to just come up as a presence of God. I'm presenting myself to you. If that's you, just come quickly, and we're going to end right, the, like, right here. We're just going to end. This is not some gimmick. If you don't feel the Lord's uh, you know, pulling you to do this, that's, that's fine. This isn't about seeing how many people can come to the altar. I just felt like there, there is, there's something that, there's something about this presenting myself. There's something about, I don't know what God is going to do, but, but I sense that there are, there are those who are saying, I, 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 there's something more to this message than you preaching, Bishop, that there is a, there is a wooing, there is a drawing, there is, I can't explain, it's like this magnetic pull from the Spirit saying, I want more of, I want more of you, and I'm going to use you in amazing ways. And even I present myself up here, I just, this, I know there's something different that God is doing in my life. Even, even at 64, and that, that message that Bishop, Bishop, Pastor Chandler preached about God saying, Behold, I do a new thing. Now it's springing forth. 
do you not perceive it? And I'm not going to close with a closing blessing. I'm going to close with a closing prayer over those of you who are here. I just feel led to do this. And then, and if you're online, just walk closer to your device. Walk closer to your, your television. If you feel like, okay, God is pulling me. God, God, God is wanting more out of me. God wants to direct me more in a more specific way that there's just this sense that I'm in that season. So Father, I declare over those who are here at this altar who have felt the pull of the Holy Spirit. This was an Arara message. It's very quiet, but I know that you were speaking. That's why there wasn't a whole me saying, say amen. And I, this is not about a, a response of loudness. This is a, a pondering, a thinking. Because Lord, you are doing a new thing and it's springing forth. It is springing up. And so Father, I, I pray over these who are at the altar, what I'm praying over myself, that Lord, you're doing a new thing and you're gonna help me to perceive it. You're gonna help me not to miss it. Because Lord, I've had experiences in my life that, that is contrary to the new thing that you're doing. And I don't want the new thing to be interrupted by the old Brian. Father, you said in your word, that you cannot put new wine into old wineskins. You can't put the new thing into an old way of thinking. Though we're not talking about changing the scriptures, but we are talking about allowing you to do a new thing. Oh, Spirit of God, the church didn't realize that when the Holy Spirit came, that he was going to also fill non-Jewish people. And you had to change Peter's mindset that the Holy Spirit was not just for Jewish people, the Holy Spirit was also for Gentiles. And you had to literally give Peter three visions so that he could accept Cornelius getting filled with the Holy Spirit. Lord, what are you doing in our lives in this season? And as was said a few weeks earlier, there's some of us that I know in this church that though the 21-day consecration was over, some of us are still in prayer and fasting because God wants to do a deeper work. Lord, I can agree with my brothers and sisters who are here that this is going to be an amazing, transformative year and we don't want to miss it. And, I, and I, I speak over every person right now at this altar that you will not miss the path that God has for you. You will not miss it. You will not miss it because you will have the right hot posture. So Father, I pray that even as we continue this journey and as we're about to go into Lent season, a season where 
we want to draw even closer to you. Lord, I pray by your grace that by the end of this year, and I've seen you do it in my life a number of times, we're going to look back and we're going to see what the Lord has done. And we're going to bless you and we're going to know that that 21-day consecration and the season where we where we literally wrapped ourselves up and said, I present myself to you. I am the present to you. That it made a difference. It made a change. Lord, again, I, I, I praise you that, that when you spoke to me at 19 years old, that even right now at 64 years old, the, the fruit of all that's happening in my life was because I had an encounter with you at the age of 19 during that season of prayer and fasting when you spoke to me and it has changed my life. And that's what I want for these young people. That's what I want for the people of God. That's what I want for myself even at 64, Lord. I want the new thing. I want the new thing. My heart is crying out for the new thing. So Lord, make my heart pliable to what you're doing. Now Lord, as we leave this place, I pray that the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of Father God, and the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit will rest and abide with every individual who is in this room and who is watching online and who is in the Lord's sanctuary. Rest and abide with us now and throughout this week. And all God's people say, amen. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. Hey, family. Thank you so much for joining us for today's service. Special thanks to those of you who continue to generously support the work of this ministry. We are so grateful for you and it's because of you that we can be a blessing to this community. If you enjoyed the service today, please like, share with your friends and family, and subscribe to our channel so that you can get a notification whenever our services go live. We also invite you to follow us on social media at PT Cambridge in order to stay connected to this ministry. Hey, we look forward to seeing you next time. Thanks for watching and God bless you.